Salam everyone and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by the Muslim Vibe. As always, I'm your host Salim Qasim. Um, and this week I've actually got so much to say at the beginning. Um, I'm just going to try and keep it as brief as possible, but I've made notes. Um, so firstly, Ramadan Mubarak to everyone. Um, Alhamdulillah, the month of Ramadan is here once again. Uh, it's obviously a very different month of Ramadan, I think, to um, previous years for everyone, just considering coronavirus, quarantine, lockdown um, and all of that. And I think it's going to be personally, I think it's going to be quite, quite difficult because I, I generally keep, keep quite busy in my days. Um, and this year I'm going to obviously be at home um, and uh, trying to deal with that. So I think actually next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking to Sheikh Ali Hussein. I hope we haven't actually recorded it yet, but um, I, I spoke to him a couple of days ago. And we're planning to um, kind of, you know, talk about how or where the focus should lie this Ramadan. Um, and, you know, especially as I think as the days go on, um, we start getting into the kind of spiritual zone a little bit. So hopefully that will help us all kind of refocus a little bit. Um, secondly, I actually wanted to start by by reading out an email um, that we got, which was a really, really nice email. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm not going to name the person either. Don't know if they'd be happy with, with their identity being revealed, but um, I'll just read a little bit. It's from a sister. Um, she says, I wish I had the words to better articulate what listening to your podcast has done for my heart and mind. It felt like I came across your content right after Allah had guided me back just so he could show me what a real Ummah works towards and what they represent. She goes on to say, Your work is so deeply appreciated. I've become a monthly supporter and I spam your podcast to my Muslim and non-Muslim friends alike. Um, she went on to give examples of some of her favorite podcasts, which funnily enough were also some of my favorite conversations that I got to have on this podcast. Um, but it's uh, it, it's really, really nice to and every now and then we do get messages and emails and um, people get in touch. And it's so nice to hear from you guys um, as to how uh, our content is impacting, obviously, not just the podcast, but also our, our articles and videos and everything else. Um, and it, 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 to be honest, like this, this I read this this morning, it gave me a real boost, um, just generally, and and it's it's it, yeah, it feels really nice. And also, I think the 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 big thing in that as well is is the the point about becoming a monthly supporter. So thank you, sister, for becoming a monthly supporter. Um, and and to everyone else that's listening, um, I know I've been talking about it on the last few podcasts, but uh, we would really appreciate your support. Um, as I've mentioned, we were planning a big crowdfunding campaign but with everything that's happening it's it's not the right time i don't think but ultimately what we do need and what we could really really do with is to help us grow and create more content and and just keep going um is your support uh, i i don't want to um over exaggerate i guess the situation but we are in financial need right now um and and would really appreciate if if people would jump on board with just 10 pounds a month um, to help us continue doing what we're doing. As I mentioned last time, we seem to have quite a dedicated um, following or listenership. And I'm seeing, you know, within 24 hours of, of a podcast being released that there are at least 200 people um, that have listened to it, which is amazing. Uh, numbers are down a little bit, I think, because people aren't commuting anymore, but people are still listening and tuning in. And, and I'm so grateful for that. Thank you all very much. And, and I'm going to keep trying to obviously have uh fascinating conversations with amazing guests and i'm lucky that i've just been able to bring in so many incredible um people onto this platform um so yeah please please do support us uh thirdly i literally am I'm looking at my notes here so, so thirdly 
uh, we have a, a new YouTube channel for the podcast. Um, the link will be in the description. If you could please subscribe, that would be great. Um, we're moving all of our podcasts onto a separate YouTube channel um, dedicated to the podcast, basically. Fourthly, um, launch goods. So I, again, this we've spoken about this before. The link will be in the bio. But this Ramadan, we're hoping to raise five, five, sorry, fifty thousand um, pounds for Syrian refugees and families internally displaced and living in camps within the country of Syria. Um, I, you know, I don't need to go through a history of 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 the conflict and just how awful the humanitarian situation is. We've all seen it. Um, and we're, we're, we're hoping, and as I said, like just before the lockdown, I managed to go out to Turkey um, to a border town. I can't remember the name. I think it was Kalis was the name of the town right next to Aleppo. And there we were preparing aid that was going to be delivered to families in camps. Um, and, and we're continuing to support the work that Penny Appeal are doing out there. So um, I'll put the link in the bio, especially in Ramadan. It's, it's the month of getting closer to Allah. And one of the acts that's highly recommended is giving charity. Um, so please join us in, in our um, fundraising campaign for that. Um, the final thing uh, is to introduce the, the podcast. Um, so Zakat as a topic, um, <laughs> I think uh, some people might not think that Zakat needs like a, a conversation as such. Like, okay, yeah, you know, you give the percentage done. That's it. But actually... Um, our guest uh, is is kind of like the expert when it comes to zakat, and I think as the conversation went on, um, he started to open up more and more, and I was really kind of lifted by everything he was saying and, and what we can achieve if we are if we all kind of fulfill our duty and and, and give zakat the, the the precedence I guess it deserves. Um, and, and, and take it seriously and, and really start thinking about how we can transform uh, lives and, and society around us um, through this, which is something that I think a lot of us just kind of take as a given and don't really give much thought to. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I'm joined on the podcast by Iqbal Nassim from the National Zakat Foundation. Um, you'll embarrassingly hear me pronounce or, or call it the National Zakat Fund, I think, earlier on in the conversation. And then I realized afterwards, but he was too polite to actually correct me um but yeah so so uh iqbal is is a phenomenally smart um individual who has kind of worked in this field for a long time um and i think for me opened my eyes to to a lot when it comes to zakat um and and how it can i guess transform the ummah i know that sounds really big and grand um but yeah, like I, I, you wouldn't think that like an hour-long conversation on zakat could exist, but it does, um, and I, I loved it to be honest. Um, so yeah, without without further ado, here's my conversation with Iqbal Nasim from the National Zakat Foundation. So salam Iqbal. Salam. Thank you very much for for joining me on the podcast. I'm still kind of adjusting to the fact that these are all being done over a Zoom call as opposed to face to face um but we're i mean we're here now i think we just got to get used to it i guess sure. <laughs> um so we're talking today about zakat um and i think for most people when we talk about zakat the instant thought is okay 2.5 percent money for charity essentially um and, and that's kind of it and i thought that for a long time as well 
Um, and then I remember, I think it was a year or two ago, there was an MCB conference and you gave a talk um, about Zakat. Uh, I can't remember how long you, you, you spoke for, but it was quite some time. And and I remember leaving that talk thinking, wow, if, if someone can talk for that long about Zakat, then there's got to be so much there that I'm just not fully understanding. Um, and I remember approaching you at the time as well, and, and, and I did... I don't know if we had this conversation or if I thought it, but I thought it would be really great to actually sit down and talk about this further and, and kind of understand and unpack the conversation. Um, and and I, I mean, we never really followed up on that, but but here we are finally, I guess. So um, thank you very much for, for kind of for, for joining me, I guess, on this podcast and, and for, for sharing the work that you've been doing and um, you do with NZF. So I think let's start with um, the National Zakat Fund. Um I guess, would you be able to offer a bit of an insight into the origins of the organization, what the aim is and, and everything else? Sure. Well, um, first of all, thank you for having me on this uh, on this uh, illustrious podcast. Uh, National Zakat Foundation began in uh, 2011. Um, essentially, we are the only sort of online Zakat platform that actually connects Muslims across the UK uh, with Zakat. Um, and, uh, yeah, it gives, gives Muslim zakat payers the opportunity uh, to have their zakat distributed directly to people around the country who are in difficulty or in need. Um, so we began in 2011. Alhamdulillah, we facilitated uh, you know, the, the payment and the distribution of uh, over 15 million pounds of zakat now. Um, oh. That will probably be you know, close to uh, 20 million by the time we, we're done with uh, 2020. And... Um, we are actually also, alhamdulillah, in a number of other countries as well. So we're, we're operating in Australia and Canada now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Holland and Switzerland are actually launching this year as well. So quite exciting in terms of the NZF model uh, sort of expanding to different countries as well. And, and I think one of the key interesting factors about the model is that it's all uh, about giving locally. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we, we basically are redistributing funds within sort of people's localities, uh, the cities and uh, towns across the country. Yeah, And and there's something, I guess, which is, is probably particularly relevant um, today, given everything that's happening with coronavirus and, and furloughing and people losing their jobs and everything else. Um, and, and it's something that you guys, I, I believe, have had in implementation for a while. But you have a system where people can receive funds in their bank account within 24 hours um, after kind of an online application and proving the need for themselves in that immediate moment. Um, I, I mean, I mean that that's remarkable in itself. But essentially, it, it's just a case of people being able to apply when they have a need, and then being able to receive the funds immediately without kind of some long drawn out process. Is that correct? Well, yeah. So, I mean, we have um, we've been working a lot on improving our systems over the last few months, and yeah. so one of the features of that is that we have divided the um, both for uh, zakat givers as well as for applicants, people who and people who require help. We've divided everything into kind of four key funds that we have. So uh, on our website, it's clearly laid out uh, that we have a hardship relief fund, a housing fund, a work fund, and an education fund. So when somebody applies for Zakat, they basically apply to one or more of these funds. But let's say you apply to one of these funds. So at the moment, for example, because of the situation that's going on, we're having you know a, a record level of applications actually coming in to our hardship relief fund. So there, as long as uh, as long as the application is complete and the minimum criteria of what we what we ask for in order to be able to make a decision about uh, eligibility is is presented uh, clearly and quickly, 
then uh, once we've looked, once we've, yeah, once we're able to make an assessment of that, which can now be done very quickly because of how we've set things up, um, yes, then money can can then be can be released and arrive with an applicant within within 24 hours. And um, I guess for people, firstly, I, I need to ask, I, I feel like the first time I mentioned the organization, I said National Zakat Fund, not National Zakat Foundation. Is that right? Foundation. It's foundation. Yeah. It's, it's very nice of you not to correct me. I appreciate that. But it was, it, it was bugging me after I said it. I'm like, okay, that didn't sound right. Okay, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. And, and I'm glad we've... NZF, that. If you, just, you just stick to NZF, you can't go wrong. But I had to say it the first time, right? Like, <laughs> it's generally part of it. Um, yeah. Anyways, okay, moving on. So in terms of how people um, need to understand Zakat, uh, again, I, I feel like historically, um, I've always seen it like Zakat equals charity. Yeah. Um, but... I assume you might fundamentally disagree with that. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. Can you explain why and what the difference is? Sure, no, no problem. So, yeah, so look, we 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 we've often kind of campaigned, uh, you know, or tried to educate Muslims about the fact that zakat is not charity, or yeah. it's more than charity, or not just charity, depending on whatever language you want to use. Um, and uh, so, what, what what's the distinction? So, charity typically as we understand it is then an individual uh, often reactive often spontaneous often emotionally driven uh, kind of giving decision mm. uh, that doesn't have any obviously particularities about how much is given necessarily uh, or when it is given uh, zakat right from the beginning to the end is completely different it's a calculated amount of money uh, to be given at particular points in time or, or, or within particular points in time on an annual basis um, and uh, and it's it's driven less by kind of in terms of the giving and how the funds should be used. Uh, it should not be in principle uh, driven by the uh, the concerns, the preferences, uh, uh, the emotional kind of um, affiliations or attachments, basically, of any one individual. Mm. Because the whole point about zakat that is different from what you might call charity or general kind of you know giving or philanthropy is that it's supposed to be organised. Yeah. And therefore, uh, money is supposed to be pulled. Uh, the money of, of Zakar givers is supposed to come together and achieve something collectively. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, for some sort of you know, common objective or, or common cause. So a simple way to understand this, obviously, is like when we think about just in the same way as we distinguish between, you know, council tax, for example, paying council tax. Right. And mm -hmm. paying and and giving and giving charity like that distinction is very clear in our minds yeah we pay council tax to the council so that the council does furthers basically the affairs of the the the, the members of that particular uh, borough basically yeah. right um uh, or if you think about the uh, a membership fee for a club yeah um you know you pay you pay in you're basically paying into a pot which is then centrally managed for your for the benefit of yourself and others so I, I guess, we, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but we, we could yeah. look at it as a, as a wealth tax then, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So it's is a that, wealth that, tax. So, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, so it's and, wealth and, tax. So, so, mm. This is yeah. the problem with the Zoom calls. This always happens. <laughs> no <worries. laughs> but basically, you know, so, so it, it, it's a wealth tax. I think we, we can, we, we both agree there. But then in terms of how um, it's distributed, I think that's also interesting. So you mentioned that it's not about... I guess the whims or emotions of one individual and it's not like you can just decide it's going here or there um i assume that with with the foundation with nzf you guys are looking to 
be a body that then is responsible for collecting this money and and dispersing it in the appropriate means and manners and ways and whatever else. Mm. So I guess the question is that in in the UK up until um, NZF started, how was this being kind of managed and controlled? Where, where was the money being distributed? How were people um, distributing their, their zakat? Well, as far as local zakat was concerned, there was very, very, uh, you know, very little provision, you know, at the time, uh, you know, if, 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 if any at all, really. I mean, actually, you know, there, there were a couple of organizations here and there that I was aware of even at that time that were trying to do, you know, something in the area of local zakat. But it was a very, very minimal kind of level, very minimal scale with, you know, with an infrastructure not really developed. Yeah. It's really interesting to think about the fact that even in the early um, or the mid 2000s, uh, you know, the um uh at that particular point in time the international relief kind of infrastructure within the muslim community in this country had developed significantly right i'd already been around for like you know 25 30 40 years even in yeah. some cases whereas a local infrastructure in terms of the facilitation of fun, a movement of funds to support people who might be in difficulty or in need or to advance certain kind of agenda and stuff that had that had not really been kind of uh, you know organized or emerged as such um so yeah so at the moment we are really the only uh you know i mean everyone claims uniqueness but i think gen like genuinely in our case yeah we, we are the only zakat organization that can have that has a nationwide reach within the united kingdom and that can connect muslims across the country through zakat i mean that's that is incredible and it's it, as you say rightly it, it's very strange to think that like on the aid side of things we've developed and come so far um but but up until um only very recently we never had this kind of inf why why do you think that is the case why why do you think it took us so long to get here i think there's a few different things so i think there's a combination of um there's something of a um uh, of an immigrant mentality within the, the muslim community yeah. that still that's that when 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 the phrase home or back home is mentioned that the mind goes outside of you know outside of our immediate environment basically mm. now obviously that's changing and it's changing fast um and so at some stage you know the majority of muslims when you talk about back home or home will 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 think about you know well where they were born typically which will be somewhere in this country or the, you know whichever city or wherever they're from yeah. um so i think there's partly partly that uh partly there is the issue of obviously people having you know genuinely um, you know, uh, family members who are not so well to do in other parts of the world. Obviously, there's no, uh, you know, has been no shortage in in, in recent years of, um, uh, you know, of, of disasters and wars and, and all sorts of things affecting millions of Muslims around the world. So obviously, uh, yeah. we feel a duty towards them to do something about those situations as well and try to alleviate the suffering of people around the world. And, and I suppose, uh, combined with that, then, either people have thought that they're relatively speaking, there is not really a material kind of need or as much of a need around us, or just being kind of unaware about the fact that there is that need and a need that is often uh, unfulfilled by the existing infrastructures that we have, uh, even though they are obviously very well developed and advanced and, and, and do provide a lifeline for a lot of people. Uh, but there is still a very important role for Zakat in our uh, community and society, even though, you know, uh, think things are things are structurally as they are. I think, yeah, you, you make a good point with regards to um, the way that we see uh, home or back home or whatever. And I still feel like, and, and it's funny because this is like a recurring theme on the podcast and it has been for the last couple of years. We'll always end up on a conversation around identity and belonging and everything else. 
and mm. I feel like you know because of where we are collectively in the UK as like a Muslim immigrant community. I know obviously various. I mean, we're not a, a monolith, but ultimately a lot of people are second, third generation migrants. But mm. give it a generation or two, um, and parents and grandparents will be born in the UK, and suddenly mm. people will feel very, very British. And mm. so I think it almost kind of makes sense that it took us a little bit longer to create the infrastructure and to start the journey in terms of looking at how we give locally and everything else. Mm. Um, the, the other thing that you mentioned, which I guess raises a, another interesting question, is about need um, and and where there is a need and and where we see people being the most deserving of our giving, um, especially since you know you mentioned that previously people would be giving zakat um, abroad. Um, and 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 basically, there wasn't much provision in terms of like locally. Uh, but are you essentially then, I guess, as an organisation, if your ethos is all about encouraging people to 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 give locally and to support their local community, how do you then balance that with kind of giving internationally? And and you know, as you mentioned, the the, the war torn countries around the world that are are Muslim and and our Muslim brothers and sisters are suffering in. How do we kind of balance all of that from your perspective in terms of giving and support? Sure. So, look, I think that, um, uh, you know, the problem is, is that if we start off with, uh, if we start off with an understanding that Zakat is kind of, if is effectively like just, just charity that, you know, a minimum amount of charity that we need to give on an annual basis. And, and then as an individual, I need to think about all of these different concerns. And we're forever going to be in this, you're forever going to be in a conundrum where you're thinking, well, how do I balance between local and international? Yeah. yeah. The point is, I mean, you know, my my argument would be well, as far as the gut is concerned, like the local part of it is such an important part of it in the first place, regardless of whatever else is happening. Mm. Yeah. And then, so that's already, to my mind, an important uh, sort of almost like a precondition, or uh, if if not a necessary, then an yeah, an important precondition, right? To uh, to effective zakat in the first place. Once we've agreed that, yes. Zakat should be directed locally, and we can look at why that should why that should be the case in more in more depth. Then after that, the issue of comparing these funds with other things shouldn't shouldn't come up. Now think about it like this. Okay, I'll give you two examples. Yeah. So we talked earlier about council tax. Yeah, and we talked about like other forms of you know either national taxation, council tax, whatever else. Like we don't think that it's a moral problem, right? Given what's going on in the world, that our local authority or the UK government. Uh, we don't think it's a moral problem that they use the funds that they are entrusted with uh, to to advance the situation of people in this country or people in that borough. Like if your local authority used your council tax, you're paying that local authority to to support the needs in another borough because they decided that, you know, or to send that money abroad even. Now, mm. why is it not a moral problem? Why is that not a moral problem? Why is it, why is it uh, that not not a moral problem that I'm paying this money and that money is now not going to I don't know Palestine or the subcontinent or wherever like you know that why is that not a moral problem uh, what about every other type of thing that we spend money on I mean the vast majority of us who are givers we in our personal lives spend money on all sorts of things which we which we don't need or more than we need to and we at that time of purchase we're not thinking well you know comparing that spend that we're making yeah mm. to to, to the food that's not going to someone else. So if you if you belong to a gym, for example, you don't need to belong to a gym. If you yeah. buy coffee from outside, you don't need to buy coffee. You don't need those things. Why, why are you not making that same kind of calculation as to like that money I'm spending on that versus money going elsewhere? 
And part of the, or on your own, or certain money that you might spend on your surplus that you spend on your children or your spouse or whatever it, it is. So the thing is, what, and the reason, the answer will come back, which is natural and understandable to a certain degree, that the, that, you know, that we've basically made a decision that there's certain parts of our money which is appropriate to balance up for certain things. That obviously, if I'm paying council taxes for a certain purpose, if I'm spending money on my children for a certain purpose, if I'm spending money on myself and my household or whatever, it's for a certain purpose. So we, segregating that purpose we're deciding to spend money in that way and we're not making like some sort of um uh, raising a moral problem with what that money spent on that versus el- versus some international yeah, yeah, yeah. need yeah it's as if in our mind we become conscious about international need only when we need to give zakat or charity <laughs> as if all other money then is not it's not in that yeah, mix yeah. so if we already start by understanding that when we give zakat it already has a predefined objective and to achieve that objective has got necessary conditions, mm. right? Now, for me, those three necessary conditions are that it is localized, that it is done together and pooled so that each individual is not just going off haphazardly doing whatever they want to do, but there's some sort of collective direction to the usage of funds or a coherent strategy. And number three, uh, that it is done in a balanced way. So it doesn't just address the issue of poverty, but other concerns, which again, we can come on to later. Now, the thing is, if you take away from any of those three things, right? You're, you're already undoing like what it is that zakat is supposed to achieve in the first place. And what is zakat supposed to achieve? It's supposed to achieve the objective of furthering uh, Islam, basically. Islam as submission to God, devotion to God, commitment to God in society. So basically, the sovereign, that is God, institutes zakat amongst his subjects and basically says, pull some of your money each year. Right, entrust it to some sort of organization, authority, whatever it is as relevant. In fact, in countries where a Muslim government or what have you is a legal authority, it is part of their core responsibility to organize zakat, right? So our problem here in the in, in the Muslim community in the UK and other kind of minority communities is the fact that we don't have obviously like consent like um uh, organizations or bodies that have authority obviously not legal authority because you can't have that but yeah, that yeah. have the but that have the kind of uh enough of a critical mass of support within the community yeah yeah if we had if we had that so so basically everything is left to you have to build that base you have to try to build that yeah. like not on you know on 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 obviously uh on based on obviously what it is that you're you're offering as opposed to based on any kind of particular principle mm. but the principle still holds as a community, we should be organizing ourselves such that we have a, a coherent mechanism or way to redistribute zakat funds within this community because we are, as Muslims, members of Club Islam, paying this into the pot. And that whole point is what the results that we're supposed to see is the future of Islam flourishing in the community and society where we are. We're not, res- and this is the key point, last one, and just for this section, is that we are not more responsible, nor is it more important to deal with the welfare concerns of individuals all around the world that is not more important for us as Muslims and as believers than to, uh, than to deal with uh, advancing or furthering and supporting like the cause of God Almighty himself where we are. That's where our responsibility is. And within that context, then you then look at what are the welfare issues? What are the other communal issues? What are our strategic challenges and everything else? And how do we deploy funds to go and deal with all of that so that Islam here is strong? That is our object. That is what our objective is, and that's what zakat is for. I feel like as as Muslims, we're we're we've kind of been, or Muslims in the UK or Muslims in the West, we've kind of been hit twice um, when it comes to thinking about 
um, zakat and charity and where need is, right? And what I mean by that is like on the one hand, you've got your um, our back home crises that are going on um, and we're always looking to give back home because again coming back to the whole identity thing we don't feel a sense of belonging yet entirely we don't feel like this is home so we're always looking to kind of give somewhere else so like even in Ramadan for example my grandma lives in Kenya she'll always be like oh you know we're gonna feed like a, a, a an entire village pretty much would you like mm. to donate blah 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 whatever and and there's always that there's always that option there at mm. the same time I feel like as I said from a western perspective what we see in terms of poverty and need and what's painted to us by the media through advertising is the large charities like Oxfam and everything else is that the cases in Africa and now in, in, in you know, places like Syria, for example, in Yemen and crises there. And, and we always see need as being elsewhere. Does that make sense? So even when, like, and this is like, I don't know how political you're happy to get, but I can do the politics, you can just nod and, and agree or or not say anything. But mm. even when it comes to looking at, for example, um, the Tory government and politics in the UK and, and, and everything we're seeing right now with coronavirus and the nurses, these are the nurses that, you know, have been underpaid and undervalued for so many years, but all of a sudden are being held as the heroes and everything else. And I, I feel like... When it comes to talking about poverty, you would never consider like a British-born worker in this country as being impoverished, right? Or we, we, we'll, we'll go so far as to say disenfranchised, but we'll never really acknowledge that there's real poverty here in the UK. And that's like not at a Muslim level, but more, more broadly. So coming back to, to the Muslim experience, I feel like when we see that, subconsciously, we're just being bombarded with this notion that actually the need is always elsewhere. Um, but but interestingly, and, and I think you know, coronavirus has definitely opened a lot of eyes in terms mm. of you know the, the shielded list of the government, um, people that need to be home for the next three or four months. Um, but you know, they they receive advice from from the government to do so. That can include a, a whole range of people, and and those people are essentially are housebound and are, are now in need. People that would be perfectly fine because they have a pre existing health condition suddenly are stuck at home. Um, and, and, and now need support because they can't go out to, to do their shopping. They can't essentially do anything outside of their houses for themselves. And, and I, I know personally on my own level, it, it kind of just opened up my own eyes that we don't really know who's suffering and to what level. Do you know what I mean? Um, sure, sure. So I think coming back to, to everything you've just said, it, it, uh, this is the experience I've had even last time when I spoke to you, funnily enough, that like it all makes so much sense. So you're talking and I'm like, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, you know, we should support locally. We should, it should be strategic. We should have an organization in, in Muslim countries. The governments do it. We don't have anything here. But why, it sounds like a really weird question, but why is not all the zakat money in the UK running through NZF? <laughs> well, um, I don't know, maybe. Uh, uh... But I, sorry, what I mean by that, if I can just qualify that question a little bit further, is 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 like, mm. w what are, where are people's heads at still in the UK mm. when it comes no, to no, exactly. So, yeah. So it's look at the end of the day, and I'm always keen to say this. Like, it's not so much about whether whether it goes through NZF or not is not so much the point as to whether, like, you know, wh whether what happens is reflective of the principles of what we're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. if there's another organisation that's do it better, then that's that's fine. That's brilliant. Um, I think that, yeah, look, I think people's head, it's taking time, it's taking time for people to fully understand, like, what is, um, 
yeah, like the, these principles at a deeper level. Because look, at the end of the day, in order to really appreciate zakat, yeah, you have mm. to really, I mean, again, to put it sort of bluntly, right? You have to you have to really understand Islam not just as a private individual faith, but also as a, a cause, yeah. Then you would understand zakat much better, you see. So most people are still thinking that what matters to their Lord is that I pay a certain amount of money accurately anywhere. As long as, as long as anywhere, like as long as it meets someone somewhere that is mm. individually. Now, if we, if we think that what matters is the, 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 the payment of the money, but think, you know, but not so much what happens with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then that's what that that's that's then that's a, that's the big issue, right? So because it's, it's, then, because it's the selfish, what, it's a selfish mentality that we kind of have I mean, or approach. I mean, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but the, the thing is, it's like this kind of thing where it's as if we haven't understood that Allah wants us to achieve certain outcomes in this life. It's yeah. not just like let me just give it haphazardly anywhere so it will connect with some. So I'll, so I'll get a tick box, I'll get some reward. Now to be incentivized by reward in the hereafter is obviously like, you know, in a part and parcel of our Lord's generosity when encouraging, encouraging us to do certain things. But yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean to say that that reward in and of itself becomes a, the only purpose of doing actions as if there is no rational strategic purpose in this life. Now, all of this stuff is not like, um, it's not complex because if you look at the prophets and if you look at our own uh, prophet, Muhammad's peace be upon him, the question simply is, did he have a mission? Did he have a cause? Yes, we will all say yes. What was that to, uh, to, to, to basically spread, you know, Abrahamic monotheism? That was his cause. Yeah. yeah. Now, what's our job? Is our job collectively any different? You know, <laughs> no, our job is the same. Yeah, our job is to do our best to, to, to carry that baton along, right? So mm. to be faithful individually, yes, as a starting point. But then also to to kind of to 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 organize ourselves to to further that, yeah. So it's not just a a follow. It's not just if you want to fully emulate the, his example, the example of his companions. And after he passed, of course, that's what the, you know that 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 is basically the spirit of what the uh, the future leaders and scholars and what are try you know effectively try to try to do is to do the things that keep this keep this candle burning basically. So look like. What the I come back again as Muslims, I as those subservient to God Almighty, the thing that should be keeping us up at night and worrying us, and therefore what is most deserving of our money, our time, our energy, whatever, is the question: What is it? What are the things that we need to do such that people's Islam that we are giving the best chance to as many people as possible in the area where we have most influence for people to understand, appreciate, live. Islam and to take to 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 be part of this thing because we're not an ethnicity or a race. But yeah. can, can I tell you what it is though? Right, um, yeah. I I feel like the the notion of the Ummah, um, which which you've mentioned, and, and it's something that like we take so much pride in, and, and it is it is an incredible incredible notion, but it's very nice on paper, um, but when it comes to the, the the lived reality and what you're describing essentially is is having to actually endure some struggle for the ummah um, just just to fulfill your duty. So what I mean is, it's not a case of God says pray and so you pray, God says fast and so you fast. When he says zakat, based on everything you've just said, actually it's a case of give your zakat, but then also you have to ensure that your 
it's being executed and 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 you're fulfilling the duty entirely to enrich and 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 lift up the ummah but that's not as straightforward it's just his 2.5 percent like done do you know what i mean whereas charity yeah. charity essentially is that um and, and again you, you mentioned something that i i've i've definitely spoken about previously on the podcast and and it's a realization that i personally had at some point that when it comes down to it it's not about the the destination it's always about the journey so like mm. you know for example what we want to achieve with the muslim vibe is 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 to essentially you know reclaim the narrative for muslims and and be one of the largest platforms but if we don't get there the fact is that we've been on the journey and that we're we're working in the right direction constantly um and and so i think likewise with nzf i i know what the aim is right but mm. it's it's not about necessarily reaching there, but it's about being on that journey. So that, as you say, you know, when it comes down to it and we're answerable to God, we can say that we tried. Like, you know, what I mean, we, we did our bit. We were on the journey. OK, we weren't able to achieve it. We needed help. We needed guidance, but we did what we can. Mm. And, I, and I think it's it's uh, to be frank, it's it's quite noble of you guys to, to set up at the time that you did, because actually we're so far behind the charity sector. We could almost say, you know what, let's let's. Uh, Leave this for someone else, another place, another time they can handle it. But like it, it's as I said, it's it's a very noble venture that you guys are on in terms of trying to um, be that body. And I know I've seen at least over time, the organization has has created a footing in the community and has grounded itself and 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 is becoming a, a more notable brand and name and and has built up that credibility, which I think is is hugely important. Um, so I guess kudos to you for that, but. If we look at um, getting more theoretical now, um, and, and this is like a, a title that I, I, I had in my head when I was thinking about this conversation we're going to have. But my question is, what does a, a zakat enriched society look like? So let's say, for example, all of the Muslims in the UK, and, and we're talking in, 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 a, in a UK setting, right? So let's say all of the Muslims in the UK are giving their zakat, for starters. Secondly, it's all going through NZF. And then through that, it's being able to be uh, dispersed into the community, you know, wherever there's a need. Number one, um, and, and we've talked about this, I'll, I'll let you kind of monologue a little bit after this because I think it's important. But um, you, you spoke about strategic um, and, and, and the money was the cut being strategic. So from an Islamic perspective, what are the areas that Zakat is looking to specifically fulfill? Um, and secondly, as I mentioned, if we're able to find ourselves in that uh, dreamy society where everything comes together, what do you think that actually looks like for the Ummah in the UK? Sure. So if we look at the um, objectives that Zakat is there to fulfill, you basically are looking at, you know, uh, two core things, right? Number one is uh, to do with social welfare considerations and issues. And number yep. two is to, number two is to do with, um, your kind of you know kind of socio-political kind of considerations of the community at large right so within that social welfare area you've got different things to do with you know absolute kind of destitution uh, indebtedness um, where uh, people are um, uh, just in a situation where they're unable to fulfill their kind of full potential basically now one thing is really important to understand to relate it back to what we've been speaking about earlier why are we helping such people or why are we why is it upon the believers who have money to give to make sure that the believers who, who are struggling basically financially why is it necessary for them to you know uh, for this money to make sure make sure it's recirculating and being there for them hmm. 
Now, why it's necessary is not in order to just to fulfill their material needs for the sake of fulfilling material needs. The reason it's important is because uh, what, what is being recognized within that system is the fact that by fulfilling some their basic material needs, what you're doing is facilitating um, the minimum conditions that are usually necessary for someone to remain faithful and feel like they're part of this believing community. So that's that's also a very critical thing to understand because otherwise what's the difference between this and our uh, and how it connects with our worldview right uh, and uh, and just i don't know what secular humanitarianism philanthropy charity altruism whatever yeah like actually our the whole point with zakat as a system so when it, the thing about it is because it's mandated and it's a very specific thing. You have to kind of consider, well, why would God want us to do this? And he doesn't want us to do it just so so-and-so who is struggling to eat now eats for the sake of the fact, for the sake of them eating. It's because you don't want their poverty, their struggle, their difficulty, and their feeling of being abandoned by their own community to be the reason as to why they do end up abandoning the community mm. or don't fulfill their kind of inner sort of and, uh, and ultimately move away yeah. from god which is what you're trying to prevent well, exactly guess, exactly that, right? and, and yeah. yeah exactly and we've seen that right so we have we have seen countless examples now of where people tell us that their faith has been boosted by the fact that they have received support so the material part of it is just a means and and frankly again that's a concept which we should all be already familiar with because that's always the case really right the material kind of things are always a means to achieve something higher something deeper Right, and something more important. So, so that's that on that on that hand. So, why are we doing that? And again, that's the point. So, therefore, the fact that there are poor Muslims here, there, and everywhere around the world is 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 actually almost irrelevant, yeah, to the issue of the fact that there are those who are struggling in our context here, because those people, like, who are they? Muslims in this country who are in difficulty, where are they going to go to for support? Mm. To the community here. So. It doesn't matter what we do elsewhere, right? That's not going to excuse us, right, from doing what's needed for this person here, because this person here is one to whom we have more responsibility. And every pound that of zakat is going here than everywhere around the world is undermining the fabric of our own community and society here, right? So that you look at you look at that on a social welfare kind of level, and you also think about it in terms of, you know, I think one of the main struggles that people have, you know, is um, is kind of you know, getting used to the idea of like contemporary usages of zakat outside of kind of traditional criteria. <clears throat> now, even though National Zakat Foundation, I should say, you know, at the current time operates by, I would say, very conservative and traditional criteria in terms of its collection and distribution of funds in order to stay clear of, frankly, debates and discussions on this, on, 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 on this issue, because I just don't think we are kind of ready for, ready for it yet. But in principle, you know, um, <laughs> again, like, for us to get used to the idea or get with the notion, the fact that we're living in a certain time and place, God has put us here in a certain time and place. And so the way in which we use resources to achieve certain objectives, right? It's would be natural and normal for it to align with like how resources are used to achieve certain objectives. So for example, now it's not just a question of like, oh, giving a cash grant to so-and-so, but for example, all of the social welfare related initiatives within our community, whether that be to do with like youth, youth sort of, um, 
uh, youth development for those from underprivileged backgrounds who might otherwise end up in this difficulties and knife crime and I don't know what basically, right? Uh, or to do with, say, mental health uh, related stuff, but you want to provide those services in a way that is aligned with our, again, our worldview, right? And, 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 and the principles of, of faith, etc. Like these things require support, they require funding. Like most of our local community efforts and things which are there to try and uh, help people who are in difficulty are woefully underfunded. Yeah, they should and they should be funded. They should be funded with zakat. Like I come across countless number of organisations, right, trying to do all sorts of good things in this country. Like they're just so underfunded. Like literally, how many outside of mosques? Yeah, outside of mosques. I'm just not even sure. And 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 obviously, like your 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 aid charities and whatever else. Like I think you can literally count on one hand the number of well-funded, well-run Muslim institutions to represent anything whether it's social welfare, whether it's to deal with the challenges that we're finding for our external environment, whether it's to do with our sort of PR and the reputation that we have in society or our activities in terms of what you might call, um, uh, yeah, like, you know, conveying, conveying that like the, um, uh, conveying the kind of the principles of the faith and all of that stuff. Like a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of our efforts are, are really underfunded. And, and so Zakat, other than taking care of the social welfare side of things, yeah. he's then also looking at, the reputational and PR aspects, right, of, of things. So where the Muslims are disparaged, where we are unfairly treated, where our reputation is being, you know, like you said earlier, we're not in control of our own narrative. But we also know, and I'm sure, and I'm sure it's been your experience to a certain degree as well. But we're not funding the things that need to happen in order to improve the narrative. Yeah. So it's just like, but Allah wants us to do that. Like He wants us to. He, of course, He wants us to spend funds and time and energy on improving like the brand of this particular thing that we stand for, because that brand is, is like, that's how people perceive God basically. Right. So the fact that we would advance, use funds to kind of improve the way in which they, uh, you know, their visibility of the straight path, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. Mm. So what, I, so I feel like, I feel like we can, we, we can do like a, an on-air TMV uh, application for Zakat right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but you know, no, sorry, I'll let you continue, but, but like you're entirely right. Like when it comes to, and I've, Again, this is something that I've, I've, I've had out with so many people, but when it comes to like the Muslim vibe and, and what we're trying to do, um, you know, it's, it's been six years now and, and people have been able to see the kind of work that we're trying to do, you know, the, the, the aims that we have in terms of uniting the Muslim community um, and, and combating Islamophobia and everything else. But again, when it comes to the funding side of things and donations and support and whatever else, People are a lot more willing to give to the like the the bricks and mortar of like a, a physical mosque than they are these kind of initiatives because okay. they're a little less well because they're entirely intangible right like you know I I can I can tell you for example that we have over a quarter of a million people visiting visiting our website but I think for some people seeing ten people walking through the doors of a mosque is is means a lot more because it's a tangible thing that you can see and feel. Yeah, I know, um, but the point is, if they want, like, they're seeing 10 people, like, how are they ever going to see 100 people? Why is it that our mosques, when you look at them, are so are still brown and black? Mm. Like, like, we've been here for long enough now, like, we have not conveying our proposition. Now, so the th point is, is that you're saying it's intangible, right? And it is intangible in one sense. But if the, our faith was tangible to us as individuals, we'd realize the value of putting resources behind what makes make it tangible to others. You know, I, to summarize it, like here's, here's a nice, a nice way to summarize the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're traveling or trying to travel or adhere to or stick to what you might, what we call a straight path, right. For which, to which, uh, for which we ask for guidance to kind of stay on it. And that path is a path that, you know, leads us to 
leads us to hopefully the divine presence and acceptance with with God. So why do you spend zakat? For three pur- three purposes and three purposes only, right? Number one, to make it easier for those who are on that path to travel it. Number two, to make that path that is not not being seen right now by others to make it more visible to them and more attractive to them. And for those who are trying to harm the people who are on that path to prevent harm, you know, to prevent harm from that external threat. That's basically what it is. So whatever it is that facilitates, you know, that, that deals with our issues and problems that are getting in the way of us actually uh, fulfilling our our human purpose, right? And aspiring to, you know, almost like your Maslow's hierarchy, right? It's exactly that. How do you self-actualize if you haven't got your bread and butter and your basic stuff? Yeah. yeah? And our our top triangle, if you like, within that is... Uh, it you know is is to be is to be if, you know fully faithful. We have have conviction, uh, uh, you know, to to fully represent what it is that, this way of life and what it is that we, that we stand for. But you can't do that as a community, and you're not very attractive to join as a community. If, as in our case in the UK, like one in five of you are in poverty, right? Uh, you're 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 disproportionately unhealthy, disproportionately in jail, disproportionately uh, unemployed, right? Like you know and and we have to take responsibility to do our part for these things and to uplift our, ourselves and to advance our situation and and if we don't it's not just a question of you know like as i said it's the, the the problem with not doing so is not the a material problem as much as it is the fact that well we won't just won't have done enough for the way islam is manifested and understood in this society so I, I was I was interestingly when when you said that you know we have to hold ourselves responsible I was about to reply and say that actually um, w- surely we can say something for structural and institutional racism um, as to why for example unemployment levels are higher you know there's been reports in the past about the three levels of discrimination um, that 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 people have faced I think it was uh, black women who were also Muslim and wore a headscarf I, I believe was was the particular um, case study that we're looking at but then I realized actually that with <laughs> with everything you've been saying about zakat it, it, it's upon us to also utilize the funds that we have at our disposal because you know the whole ummah is giving to then actually alleviate that and to to work with regards to lobbying and putting pressure and 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 essentially impacting the media right like you mentioned the PR side of things as well so it's it's interesting just say, yeah and I'll just say one thing though with that right but one the, the only in our experience, because we had a couple of years in 2018 and 19 where we spent, uh, you know, a decent amount of funds trying to look at these non-welfare related kind of causes and projects and organizations and all the rest of it. Yeah. But one of the biggest problems that I found in that situation is the fact that too many of the people who are involved in these kinds of efforts, they themselves don't like, sometimes don't have a conception of um, Islam that is they don't believe. free, that is free from the whole kind of protest ethnic kind of you know and, and sort of ethnic or sectarian or kind of antagonistic or victim mentality based kind of effort if you understand mm. so our whole islamophobia narratives you know and is, is all you know it, it just seems to me completely at odds with a uh, the the way in which we should be approaching the subject that actually um that that comes that comes at it not as 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 victims basically Right, yeah. as much as it comes as people with a, an offering and a proposition, you know, and, yeah, and to yeah, balance, yeah. to balance, to balance the very important, um, the very important highlighting of where there is uh, uh, prejudice and all that, no doubt. But to balance that with 
why that's important to us and what we have to say. You see, mm. like you don't, you don't, you don't find us comfortably um, weaving in our, uh, you know, sort of uh, talk. We don't, we don't talk about God. Actually, that's let's just put it like that. Yeah, we don't yeah. talk about God. We always talk about us as Muslims, capital mm. M, which basically in the minds of everybody else is just this other those people know, race and ethnicity and then of course now that's how we put ourselves forward right islamophobia is now uh racism <laughs> you know and we are and we're basically so we are just we're not doing anything for that might be convenient for some short-term wins in terms of our rights but yeah. it is totally destructive to our objective of communicating again what this what this straight path is like how is the how is how are these strategies and these approaches and the way we go about this at all reflective at all reflective of Quranic guidance and prophetic strategy? Like I don't see it at all. I just don't see any you, parallel whatsoever. You know what what's really interesting, um, and it's 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 a little bit frustrating that we're we're getting on to talking about God so late on in the in the conversation. Um, just because I feel like uh, wait, I think I, I I think I mentioned the Almighty right from the beginning. No, no, I, I, I said Bismillah before I we went on air. That's not the point. <laughs> what I mean is. What I mean is that I remember um, speaking at, um, at an event, believe it or not, I've once or a couple of times been invited to, to talk at events. Um, and and I remember mentioning um, and talking about God. And I was like, look, I, I was talking about the Muslim vibe and the work that we do and everything else. And then I, I, I was like, listen, all of this stuff aside, essentially, we're here to serve Allah. Um, that's our purpose. That's what we're trying to do. All of the organizations and everyone that was there that was on the panel that was speaking, I was like, we're trying to do the same thing. We might approach it in a different way. You might believe exactly what you just said. Some people might be like, actually, no protest. Some people believe that we should get involved in the government, whatever. But ultimately, I feel like um, the center of all of this is God. And, 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 and the funny thing is, the reason I mentioned this this incident when I spoke was that the response that I saw afterwards was really interesting. People were just like, yeah, like we, like they'd never heard this before. Like, like talking about God, and funnily enough, is so alien, even in Muslim contexts, that it's like, it, it, it really shouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. And, and that's the thing as well. And, and again, another thing that if, if I can come back to talking about NZF, I, I've, I've always liked that whenever I've been to, there were a few events you guys have done in the past um, and, and conversations that we've had as well. And, and the fact that you guys aren't shy to talk about God. I know it sounds weird, um, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, really, it's really notable when you start listening to conversations with that lens and seeing who's willing to talk about God and who isn't. Even in a Muslim setting, yeah, you'd be surprised. Because yeah. because actually it can be quite uncomfortable because everything you said and and that's why I mentioned earlier as well that actually it's all, ultimately all of this is centered around Allah, um and and that's the reality that we're we're living and we need to appreciate. We can have all the organizations we want, we can do all the things that we want to do, but ultimately it, it, we're all revolving around God, um and 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 that's it really. So I guess the the, the final thing I will ask you, um and and slightly more on the kind of uh let's say re re religious personal spiritual type end of the spectrum um but how i guess how how does zakat and how central is zakat in our relationship with allah uh, in your belief and understanding uh well i think it's it is central basically to put it simply. okay Th thank you I very mean, much uh, yeah. this, has been, this has been great yeah. no, but, <laughs> go on I mean, well funnily enough like even literally right because it's like we say there are there are five pillars, and zakat un, is understood to be the third. Right? So <laughs> in that sense, it's bang in the middle. In yeah. another sense, like if you look at, I, mean, I, I was recently um, uh, 
you know, just for my, just to, for myself and for some other work that I'm doing, just reviewing. I did, I did, a, did a full review of all of the verses of Salah in the Quran. So we all acknowledge, right? So let's make a maybe maybe we've made some contentious statements, but let's make an uncontentious statement, right? A non-contentious statement is this: is that after someone acknowledges that there is no God but God, mm. the most important action in our lives is prayer, is salah. Yeah, yeah? We, we 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 agree that it's the first thing we'll be asked around the day of judgment. Right? If if it's in order, everything else will be in order. But if it isn't, then other things probably won't be. So we acknowledge that. Now in the Quran, almost thirty times. Alongside salah, zakah is also mentioned. Yeah? And really interestingly, many, many times in the context of previous prophets, so Abraham, uh, Ishmael, uh, Jesus, Moses, right? All of these prophets and others, salah and zakah is mentioned in their context too. Right? And not just as prophets, not just in terms of what they needed to like sort of do themselves, if you like, but actually get get their communities to do. Why is that the case? Because basically, after the shahada and a full understanding of what that means and, 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 and this idea we bear witness in our words and our deeds and in our, the way we carry ourselves. Salah and zakah, the two things, they are the DNA. Yeah. Shahada, salah, zakah, these three things together, this the DNA of the entire the entire object, the entire affair. Because basically one is saying, look, maintain your connection with God, ideally together, keep coming back to him for this kind of, uh, this formal meeting, reporting back, worship, reminder, remembrance. Mm. And then, and, and do that, you offer a minimum proportion of your time to him through salah, and offer a minimum proportion of your money for his sake, for his cause, through zakah, right? And is not actually asking a lot of us, to, a lot from us, to be honest with you. So it's absolutely central, right? To be frank, as as Muslims, right, if we're not going to get our salah and zakah right, I'm not talking about individual level, right, collectively speaking, sort out our salah and zakah collectively and, and give these things prime attention uh, as important objectives to think about how we are doing these things, understanding these things, facilitating these things. There's no more important question for us to answer collectively as a community. There is not. There isn't, right? It's looking within, understanding what it is that we're actually here to achieve in the first, first place. And the, the Quranic formula, the divine formula for success from the time of prophets of old until now is the same. In any context, sort out your salah, sort out your zakahs of the community, and you'll see everything will be absolutely fine. And just imagine I, I, if yeah, half yeah. a billion pounds a year, which is my estimate of the minimum amount of zakah payable by Muslims in this country, just mm. imagine, just even for five or 10 years, the half a billion pounds of zakah was paid and was organized locally in the way that we are discussing over five to 10 years like along the principles of what we're talking about, to invest in the social welfare of, of believers, to invest in our, the way that our, um, uh, that we are, you know, how, how we are perceived and understood in, in, in wider society to protect us against the, the, uh, the agendas and the, and, the, and the individuals who are trying to harm us. Right. And, and to do so with humility and to do so not for our self aggrandizement or any of this to achieve power or any of this stuff, but simply because we want the straight path to be easy to travel on and easy to be seen Right and a safe place to be for those around us. That we're equally, uh, we're equally doing that with the concern for Jane and John and whoever you know in our minds and our hearts, just as wh whoever else within the Muslim community. Then within five or ten years, like your entire situation is completely going to be turned around, right? And and different. All we mm -hmm. have to, all we have to want as a, as Muslims is that we have to want this thing called Islam to be successful. 
And then if we, if we really want that to be it to be successful and know that it's our responsibility to do something about it, then this is how we go about it. Every time a Muslim in this country does not pray, he undermines, he or she undermines Islam in this country. And every time we don't do pay azakah, or we pay in a haphazard random manner, we are undermining Islam, the future of Islam in this country. For, for our own children, yeah, for our own children. The question basically is like in 100 years time, will Islam be here as a phenomenon anymore? Why do we think that it should or would be? And if it isn't, whose fault is it going to be? Like ours, you know? But if and but it's up to us basically. We can do that. Allah's given us the tools. He's given us the information. He's given us the guidance. We just need to put it together and make something happen. I like I like how you saved your all your firepower for the last five minutes. <laughs> um, but no, no, thank. You. As in, look, this is. I think I think for me, um, just hearing you link uh, salah and zakat in that way and putting them kind of on par with each other, I think is is the first time I've heard it said in that way which i think is really interesting um and then obviously you know just now by you saying that not praying or not paying your zakat is is undermining the future of islam is is extremely strong um and obviously an, an opinion that you're entitled to and 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 given the logic of what you said kind of kind of makes sense um but thank i i, I to be honest starting out on this conversation i was not sure um how it would go um, and 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 as I said, and, and like you know, my my thinking is zakat is a five minute conversation. How do you pay it? What's what's the percentage? Okay, Bob's your uncle. Um, but actually, I don't want to stop talking. But we've like pretty much run out of time. Um, okay. But no, this is this is really interesting. And, and as I said, and like I I I love when when I get to speak to people who genuinely approach things from like a from a a God centric perspective. Um, in terms of the ethos of everything that we're doing it's it's ultimately so much bigger than me and you and position and power and and status and anything else like actually we're we're here to to fulfill our purpose um in in, in for allah ultimately right um so no th thank you I, I mean thank you for kind of sharing all of this as well and i know that you know that you could speak for for hours more on end <laughs> about about zakat one of the few people that that genuinely has such a passion for for discussing it um but this has been this has been really really interesting and i hope i hope people have kind of taken away from it um and benefited um so yeah thank you well thank you very much um and i think actually this might be going out in ramadan i'm not actually too sure um, I need to figure out the the the. the well, I hope diet. so, Salim. Otherwise, uh, you've been wasting my time. <laughs> yeah, no, I th I think we're looking at the beginning of Ramadan. We'll, we'll discuss the date. Um, but yeah, I I guess uh, I hope Ramadan is is going well. I don't know. This is weird now because you were drinking earlier, and uh -huh. and we're recording this before Ramadan. But anyways, okay, look, let's let's just call it a day. Thank you very much, um, Iqbal, yeah. for joining me, and um, we will inshallah be in touch. Oh, take care. So there we have it. Um, I hope, I hope uh, this this conversation helped pass the time uh, during your your one of your first fasts in the holy month of Ramadan. Um, it's always tough, and I think like I would like to think that our, our podcasts are entertaining and and um, educational enough that it's it's worth putting on to you know pass some time. Um, but yeah, like I you know just reflecting back on the conversation I had with Iqbal. He made some very strong statements about how we should perceive zakat and you know hold it on a parallel to salah um you know we we hear so much about salah 
um, and obviously rightly so. Um, but uh, you know, zakat is often just like we take it for granted. Um, but you know, at, at the end, when he was talking about how if we aren't fulfilling our duty of zakat, um, it's it's directly impacting the future of 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 the ummah and the future of Islam. And if we if we love and respect and follow the deen of Islam, then we have to take these things seriously. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, I think I would love to to hear from you guys genuinely. If, if you know, I would love to know your thoughts on this stuff because sometimes it's difficult. All I'm doing is is looking at the number of listeners and and trying to understand and, and like seeing how long people are listening for and everything else but it would be really good to, to to get some feedback so you can email me on salim at the muslim um we've also got the facebook group um that people are joining now I, I think like every week after the podcast goes out we're seeing a couple more people joining the group do drop any thoughts in there and whatever else um and yeah that's it really i hope ramadan goes well for you guys um, I hope it's a, it's an uplifting month and you don't uh, end up quarreling and fighting with whoever it is that's in your household, which I think inevitably will happen to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how the month goes. Um, anyways, thank you for joining us on another podcast and inshallah we'll be back next week. Um, as I said, I'm hoping with Sheikh Ali Hussein, who's been on quite a few times. We did a Ramadan prep podcast before last Ramadan. Um, and I thought it would be good to get him on again so yeah that's it for another podcast Um, stay safe and keep listening I don't know I need to figure out a new sign off but yeah it's the end of the podcast thanks guys take care